Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news, but I need your help. I was nominated for a Webby Award, which for those of you who have been listening to this podcast for more than two years might remember I was nominated for two years ago and tried desperately to win the People's Choice Award then, which I didn't. Um, But at that time, I was like going to the guy at Joe and the Juice behind the counter asking him to vote for me and anyone I could. So now I'm coming to all of you to ask you to please vote for Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to win the People's Choice Webby Award for Best Live Podcast. If you go to vote.webbyawards.com, again, that's vote.webby, W-E-B-B-Y, webbyawards.com, and then go to the little magnifying glass search thing on the upper right. All you have to type in is search my name or entry and just type in moms and it will come up. And then you can click on the best live podcast recording nominee and vote for me. Also, by the way, I won honoree for best influencer, which is crazy. Anyway, thank you for voting. I really, really would appreciate it. I would love to win the People's Voice Award, especially after trying so hard and failing two years ago. So if you could just take a few minutes and vote, I would be so grateful. You could email me after if you want at info at zibbyowens.com and I will say thank you to you via email myself because I'm so grateful. So email me if you've done it, um, post about it. Um, I'm just, I would be so grateful. Thank you. Hi, this is Zibby Owens and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time To, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time To Write, a new publication on Medium, and we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is zibbyowens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. Jesse Q. Sutanto is the author of Dial A for Aunties, a book which, by the way, I really, really enjoyed. Jesse grew up shuttling between Indonesia, Singapore, and Oxford and considers all three places her home. She has a master's in creative writing from the University of Oxford. Jesse also has 42 first cousins and 30 aunties and uncles, many of whom live just down the road. She lives in Jakarta with her husband and two daughters. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Dial A for Aunties. Thank you so much for having me. 
Jesse, this book was so funny and so entertaining. I really oh, got, I got such a kick out of it. You're it's really funny. I loved it. <laughs> yay. I'm so happy to hear that. And I I'm not the only one because already it's what like number one in humorous American novels or something on Amazon. And it hasn't even Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How crazy is that? <laughs> So why don't you tell listeners what your book is about and what inspired you to write it? Okay. So Dial A for Aunties is about a young wedding photographer who accidentally kills her blind date, as you do. And (laughs) then she has to get the help of her very meddlesome mother and aunt to help her hide the body while at the same time catering to the wedding of a billionaire. So (laughs) good stuff. (laughs) Oh my gosh. First, I have to ask right away, has this already been optioned as a movie? Because this seems just like a movie to me. Yes, actually. So the movie rights have sold to Netflix. So that's really exciting. They have a director attached and a screenwriter So things are moving along really nicely. Wow, that's exciting. And I am not surprised. It read Mm -hmm. just that way. I can't wait to watch it as a movie (laughs) as well. Oh my gosh. So how did you, well, how did you think of this? And tell me, and tell me a little bit more Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the book, you open up more about your own family and how originally your family was from Mm -hmm. China and you went to Indonesia. And I didn't Mm -hmm. even realize Mm -hmm. there was such a, well, anyway, I shouldn't say I didn't realize you came to, (laughs) then there was a language issue between you and your parents as they put you in Mm -hmm. different schools. And anyway, some Mm -hmm. of you were speaking different dialects of Chinese and some in Indonesian, some in English, and even communication became a challenge. So tell me a little bit about your global existence, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So my family is a family of immigrants. We're all, I guess, ethnically Chinese because all of my grandparents immigrated to Indonesia when they were like little kids. And in order to like fit into like, you know, the Indonesian culture, they they changed like everything. Like they changed their Chinese names to Indonesian names to fit in better. And at first it was like going well, but then in the 90s, we had like clashes, like ethnic clashes. And so then my parents sent me and my brother to Singapore just to make sure that we were safe. So my brother and I actually grew up with our cousins in Singapore. And the first language in Singapore is English. So that was what we kind of grew up like speaking. So we kind of forgot like our Indonesian, you know, it was so bad. (laughs) Our Indonesian is terrible. So then when my parents came to visit, it was just like really hard talking to them. They were like, why are you speaking English to us? Like speak Indonesian to us. And we're like, ah, you know, I would try, but, you know, I would be like, can I have like, you know, that thing? And I I don't, I wouldn't know like what that thing is called. So I'd be like, can I have that? Like that, that, that. You know, it's just like super broken and really horrible. And then, of course, like as teenagers, we were just so horrible, you know, and we would like make fun of our own parents when they tried speaking English with us. And we'd be like, that's not how like this word is pronounced, you know, and 
And that was just like such a big divide in terms of languages between like the generations. And I really wanted to like address that in Dal A for Aunties, you know, about how like in, you know, in their efforts to like give my brother and I like a safer environment to grow up in, it kind of led to this divide being created between our generations. So, yeah. <laughs> so your first your first language then was Indonesian, correct? And then you learned English in Singapore? Or what, how did it work? Or Chinese? Mm-hmm. So my first language was Indonesian up until like the age of seven, which was when I moved to Singapore. And then it became English. So then I have like a seven-year-old vocabulary of Indonesian. <laughs> like I can't even read like the Indonesian newspaper. But then I also I also don't really feel like a hundred percent comfortable speaking English or Mandarin because, you know, I picked them up when I was like seven. Like I kind of feel like uncomfortable with all languages actually, but I guess I I would say I'm most comfortable with English. (laughs) But see, that's so ironic because this book is written so beautifully. I mean, it's thank you. You would never know. I mean, you wrote it in English, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. not translated yeah, or anything. Yeah. No. It's, well, I don't know. I'm so impressed. I am not a big language person. I took French for like a hundred years and I can barely remember how to <laughs> all I can remember how to say is like, can I sharpen my pencil? Which is like the most useless phrase. Um, <laughs> you know, there aren't even people don't even use pencils, do they? I don't know. Anyway, so I'm yes. always so impressed with people who have a command of different languages and that you have this sort of trifecta of them, uh, this linguistic trifecta, and yet you've written this Mm -hmm. beautiful book, which is so funny. So bravo, I guess you get even more, even more props. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) What was your process like for writing this book? It was actually really surprisingly easy. So I'm, I'm a pretty fast writer. So it took me like about six or seven weeks, I think, just to get like the draft out. And just writing it was so natural because I I didn't know like the auntie's personalities before I started, you know, writing it. But then as soon as I wrote like each scene, I was like, oh, of course, you know, big aunt and like second aunt would have like this rivalry. And of course, like mom and, you know, fourth aunt would just like really hate each other. Wait, wait, okay, wait, I have to clarify, like, not because of my mom and her sister. (laughs) (laughs) They would like murder me. (laughs) (laughs) My mom and her sisters get along beautifully. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) I totally believe you. (laughs) I don't know where I got the idea from. (laughs) For all the sibling rivalries. It's a mystery. Somehow they just, yeah. It just popped into my head. And... So I was like, oh my God, like, of course, you know, they would be like making all these snide remarks and stuff. And I actually got so carried away with some scenes that I'm like, wait, what's the, what's the point of this scene again? Like, you know, because I'm just having too much fun with the aunties just like arguing with each other. (laughs) So it was was the most fun that I've ever had writing a book. Uh, well, you can tell because you can just tell there's that there, it's, it's really fun to read also. <laughs> and this isn't your first book. So you had, how did you have another book come out like two months ago? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, this is actually, I think my ninth book 
And yeah, so I've, I've had a lot of failures along the way. And actually, the obsession, which came out two months ago, was my fifth book. So that sold in 2019. Yeah, okay. So it sold in 2019. And then in early 2020, I, I sold my children's book. And it was so funny because I told my agent, like, as soon as it sold, I told my agent, like, oh, you know, forget about it. Like, I just wrote this book, this adult book, and I need you to read that now. Like, please just, you know, drop everything else and just like read this one because I think it's something special. Hey, grownups, the Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishful podcast studio from the cat in the hat himself, and it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast, and those plans are the opposite of quiet. The cat may be disruptive, but it turns out he's also a great help to get fish out of all kinds of predicaments. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the cat in the hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. So sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic Tongue Twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. So... And so she read it and she was like, oh my God, like we have to go out with it now. And we we went out to publishers with it right as New York went into lockdown. And then I, I guess everyone was like quarantined at home. And so everything happened so fast. And then they were like, oh, we want to publish this, you know, in April of 2021. And we were just so shocked by like how fast everything happened. And so, yeah, it just happened that way, I guess. So what's crazy is that next year I will have four books coming out. So we'll see how I cope with that. (laughs) Probably not very well. (laughs) So what are those books? (laughs) So next year I will have the sequel to Dial A for Aunties. Oh, yay! And yeah, (laughs) two YA novels and one middle grade novel. So that'll be really fun. (laughs) It'll be a fun year. (laughs) So how do you just crank these out? Where do you like to write? Do you outline first? Like how, what's your process? Mm -hmm. How do you, and how are you so efficient? Yeah. So I like to, I like to say that I'm powered by caffeine and Asian guilt, (laughs) (laughs) which is, I know it sounds silly, but like, it's so true because literally like About three, two to like three months after I sell a book, my parents will be like, so when are you going to sell the next book? (laughs) And I'm like, okay, (laughs) the pressure's on. So I, I do write really fast. I've learned to write really fast ever since I had kids. So I, I know that like, I just have this, you know, one to one and a half hours in the morning before they wake up to write. So then I just get up and I'm like, write really quickly. And then, and then they get, they get up and that is it. Like my day is done. 
So ironically, this has kind of pushed me to learn to write really fast. And I, I do outline. So I find that the more I outline, the more efficiently I can write. So I, I guess at this point, I'm like approaching it more as like, I don't know, like a project than like an artistic endeavor, I guess, like if that makes any sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's like something you have to get done. It's on your to-do. Like you give a busy mom yeah. something to do and you just do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I feel like the the old me, you know, like pre-kids, I, I had so much time and I wasted it all. Yeah. I know that <laughs> like feeling I, very I, well. I just like, <laughs> I wrote so much slower. Yeah. And I don't know like what I spent my time doing. <laughs> I look back at like past me and I'm like, what were you doing with like all that free time? So funny. Somehow though, when there's too much time, it's impossible to be effective. Like you need the press. Sometimes you just need that mm-hmm. or a certain personality type yeah. I think, needs the pressure of like finite periods of time to get things done or else mm-hmm. you know, when I have the whole weekend, I get so much less done than when I have three hours on a Wednesday morning. Yeah. So Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you totally understand because you're, you know, you're running, you know, this incredibly successful podcast. Thanks. <laughs> Which I, I don't know how you do it because it requires so much like organizational skills. Luckily, I have organizational skills. So, That's good. Yeah. <laughs> but really, I do it because I love it. I mean, how fun. Like, I also do things at the same time. I mean, I have to say, I read like, a lot of your book, my gym finally opened up in my building. So I could read on the elliptical machine oh. and I could read before bed and I oh, could yay. read, you know, so I feel like, and this yeah. book goes, so, you know, books go, there's some that take me weeks and weeks and some that I can like power through because they're so like consumable. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's just how you use your time and mm-hmm. trying to, well, you know, yeah. I mean, you know what it's like, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so funny that you say you read on the elliptical because I read on the treadmill. <laughs> That's my reading time. Awesome. With an actual book or with an ebook or how do you do it? With my ebook. With yeah. an ebook. Like holding up it, holding it up or putting yeah. it on the thing. Oh no, I have like a, a little stand on the treadmill. So I'm like jogging really slowly and then I'm reading. I feel like it's a better workout if I don't use the arm things because then I have to use my cord and not fall off the machine. <laughs> oh, that's such a good idea. It's probably a terrible idea. That. I should not be recommending this, but it's true. No, I like, that you know, I really kind of like have to twist uh-huh. a little bit as I am reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It obviously isn't working. So, <laughs> no, I mean, you look great from what I can see, like shoulders up. <laughs> Yeah. Shoulders up. That's how I'm going to live the rest of my life. After this pandemic is over, I'm just going to like get some sort of giant box and like put it right here. And (laughs) anyway. Oh my gosh. I hear you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Too funny. Well, having written nine books and having so much on the horizon, which is super exciting. What advice would you have for aspiring authors? Gosh, I have like so much and it's so difficult to narrow it down, you know? So number one, my number one advice would be like to aim low (laughs) because I feel like a lot of writers have really high standards and they're like, oh, I have to aim for perfection, you know? And then that kind of makes us procrastinate even more. But as soon as I started thinking like, okay, you know, my first draft can be terrible and I can just edit it later, 
that was when the words kind of started flowing for me. So, you know, lower your standards. It's going to be okay. You can, you can fix it later on. That would be my number one advice. And my number two advice would be to make as many author friends as you can, because they're just the best. <laughs> they, they're like the only people that understand, you know, what the journey is like. Cause my, my family and friends, they, you know, I love them and, you know, we love each other, but they just don't really understand like what it's like to be, you know, querying agents or being on submission to publishers, you know, all the ups and downs, but, you know, writer friends, they, they are your people and they, they're the ones you want to like whine to. So you don't annoy your family. (laughs) Who are some of your writer friends and how did you make them? Yeah. So it's funny that you should ask that because one of them is Lori Flynn, author of The Girls Are Also Nice Here, which I think she 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 came on your podcast yep. not long ago. I got to know her. Wait, I, I don't really remember. I think I think I just like messaged her asking if I could have an ARC of her book because it sounded interesting. And then as I read it, I kept messaging her and, you know, and I was like, oh my God, I'm at this part. Like, you know, I can't believe this happened and blah, blah, blah. And she didn't block me. So then I was like, yeah, you're my best friend now. (laughs) 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 But no, like we get along really well because we both have little kids. Does she know that you're her friend? (laughs) I know. I know, right? (laughs) Does she even know? Has she ever responded to you? Let's just be totally open here. (laughs) She might suspect it. No, we we actually, we we talk every day. (laughs) (laughs) I was starting to get a little worried. Not being blocked by someone does not make you friends. Um, yeah, she luckily she was like really, really responsive. And we started chatting every day about, you know, how, you know, we like whine to, okay, I whine to her every day about how hard it is to have like, you know, to look after the kids and then like tackle edits or deadlines and things like that. So it's, it's been so nice having someone who is like as driven you know, because like, I think most writers aim for like one book a year, which I think is like really amazing already. But then Lori and I are just really intense and hardcore. And so we're like, two books a year. Yeah. <laughs> Without really understanding what the ramifications of that are, which is that, you know, we don't have time for anything else. So it's just like writing and then kids and then writing and kids. So it's really, really nice to have her to share this journey with. Awesome. Well, you always <laughs> yeah. commiserate with me. I feel like I have no time either. And yeah. <laughs> I feel like nobody has any time anymore. Yeah. But that's so nice that you guys connected yeah. like that. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Who knew? And what a great way to, mm-hmm. to reach out. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, wait, by the way, where are you in the world? Are you in the United States or are you, where are you? No, I'm in Indonesia. So it's actually 10, 10, 25 PM here. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's Good to wild. Know. Okay. <laughs> I just couldn't tell. 
<laughs> Sorry, that question sounded totally random, but I was wondering if you were like around the corner or very far away and there you are. So, <laughs> all right. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for this totally entertaining read, which I completely enjoyed and for an equally enjoyable little chat this morning. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really love your podcast. Thank you. And I just love that it's like, so, you know, mom geared. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Like I just relate to it so hard, (laughs) which is so important. Like during, you know, this time where we're all kind of locked away in isolation. So it's actually been a bit of a lifesaver. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. Well, Mm -hmm. I appreciate that and delighted to have you on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll have a great Yay. have a great day, Jesse. Yeah. You too, Zibby. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. My pleasure. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.